Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Shalene Johnson, my friends, that is who you're about to hear from. And this is a story that you might not be expecting. This isn't something that I had ever heard Shalene talk about before this interview. And I want you to watch and I want you to listen closely as she tells the story about how her and her husband almost went bankrupt, which is shocking, right? That like they are huge media moguls. Like in the influencer community, they're just massive. They've been all over TV. They've got these great companies, monster social media followings, and they're just really, really incredible people. But Shalene gets real in this interview about some of the low points. And so I, I want you to, to listen to that because you might be going through that right now, or you might know someone who is going through that. So pay attention to that. Of course, AJ and I are going to come back in the next episode and we'll do our debrief of this interview, just like we do with all of them. But I want you to watch that. And then the other thing I want you to listen for is just to how, like what her secret strategy is for uniqueness what her secret strategy is for differentiation. She's going to share something that most influencers don't do and a place to go, a place that she goes for education that most influencers don't. So I think this is big and I want you to, I want you to tune in for that. This is a fantastic episode. If, if you don't know Shalene, we just become huge, huge fans of hers and also her husband, Brett, and their entire team. And we really, really love them and uh, just believe in what they're doing and subscribe to many of their philosophies. And, and so it's exciting for you to hear the story. So we will be diving in to this somewhat, I, I guess I would say, uh, I feel a little bit intimate, private interview with Shalene Johnson. We'll get started just after this message. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. So Shalene is one of my newer friends and I love this woman and I love her husband and I love that they work together. And of everybody in this whole space, I feel like in many ways, me and AJ, like their relationship and dynamic is really similar to me and AJ. We're, we're partners, uh, we're best friends. We both work in the business. And I mean, I don't even know where to start to, to describe Shalene. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's in the, the, the Guinness Book of World Records for being in the most fitness videos. She sold 
millions of videos, have millions of followers. Uh, her and Brett have sold multiple companies. Um, they know everybody and she has a huge online following and she's just awesome. And I think you're gonna get to see that, but she's also very uh, versatile. I think, uh, you know, so she just had a new book come out called The 131 Method. She had a, a New York Times bestseller called Push. She has a conference actually that I spoke at, which is how the first time we met um, was I spoke at her event for Marketing Impact Academy. And so anyways, I think you're gonna love her. And Shalene, thanks for making some time for us. We're so honored that you're here. Heck yeah, I wouldn't miss it. And I love the topic, so I'm excited. Yeah, so first of all, foundational question. You know, Brand Builders Group is about reputation. We say we study reputation. Where does it come from? How do you build one? What makes them fall apart? And just, you know, to start off the conversation, you know, when you hear the word reputation, what does that make you think? What are your philosophies about how you've built one? You know, just kind of free flow on that concept a little bit. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. When I think about reputation, I think about integrity. I think there's always like kind of a public reputation that a lot of people have. We're so savvy. And because of social media, you can dig deeper. You know, look at our political candidates. You can dig deeper and figure out if a person's if what they're putting out there is legitimately who they are. So your reputation, the way I view it is, how do people know you? What are you good for? You know, like mm. if somebody's looking for a particular solution to a problem, who's the person they're thinking of first, you know, and that's the person usually has got the best reputation and or top of mind. So how well known are you? Because there may be someone who's better at solving this problem but people don't know that person, so they don't have quite the reputation. For me personally, when I think about my reputation, I'm always thinking about integrity. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's probably one of the big epiphanies for us was realizing that reputation is not just being, it's being great at what you do. It's having integrity, but it's also having people know you. Because if they don't yeah. know you, they can't do business with you. And you have a lot of people who know you. I mean, you've done so much stuff. I mean, you've like infomercials, you have millions of social media followers, like your podcast has had like north of 20 million downloads. I mean, what, what do you think you do that makes so many people want to connect with you and to know you and not just like hear about you? but engage with you for the long term? And then, you know, how does someone else build that? It's a two-part answer, I think. When you said so many people, how do you get so many people? That's time. And mm -hmm. I wish there were a shortcut to that. It's time in doing the right things along the journey. But I am today who I was for the most part, you know, 20 years ago, but I didn't have a lot of people looking at me because time, right? So it does take time, takes persistence, takes consistency. It takes being good for it. Again, when people show like every single time they know what to expect. And then aside from that, it's realizing that the more you try to be like somebody else in your industry, the less unique you'll be. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's really important that you look at people who are successful, who maybe there's something about their identity or their brand that you relate to, but I don't think that should be somebody in your industry. I think that's when you get, oh, so a great example of this is for me, when I got to a place in my career where I was trying to be known for like 20 different things, I really desperately wanted to create workshops 
for women to learn how to start their own small businesses from home and be able to stay home with their kids. And I was a new mom. My son was two years old and I was trying to hold events in hotels because that's what I saw like other business leaders doing, but I wasn't known for that. And no one was showing up and I was spending a fortune. This is kind of even before social media, I was spending a fortune trying to promote these through direct mailers and advertising and you know, you name it other than social media. And it wasn't working for me. And I realized, okay, there's all these different things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do fitness and I'm trying to be a paralegal and I'm trying to write an ebook and I'm trying to start a personal training franchise business. And I want to teach, you know, these seminars to women. And I also want to create workouts for health clubs. And at a certain point I realized like, I just have to focus on one. I need to be known for one of these things. And I didn't pick the one that I was the most passionate about. Interesting. I picked the one I know. And and so I don't know. I think that advice kind of varies based on your situation. But for me, we were broke. And so I needed to go with the one that provided me the quickest opportunity to be known. And at that moment it was fitness. And so I decided I was going to I wasn't going to get rid of everything, but I was going to scooch it to the side of my plate for a little while until I could be known for fitness. And once I was known for fitness, then I felt I had permission and the eyeballs. I had the ability to a platform to reach other people with these other things I wanted to do. One at a time, by the way, too. You can't do them all at once. That's another right. lesson we can learn the hard way. But you know, once I started realizing, okay, I'm going to do fitness full time. What I did wrong, Rory, is I bought every exercise person's videos you could think of and studied them and was not myself. I was trying to be them. It's like, okay, so this is what it looks like to be successful in this industry. So that's how I need to be. And that just wasn't working. My suggestion is to really look outside of your industry at personalities or brands mm -hmm. that you relate to. You heard me talk about Sheehan's wall at the event and like focusing and breakthrough. And you'd be someone that I think of as a great example of that. Like you broke through in the fitness space and then, you know, since there's motivational speaking, you teach women now, you know, other women, but people had to run their own business, Marketing Impact Academy. And that course in terms of like what you teach is incredible. Like I'm still working my way through it, but it was so powerful that I was like, this is incredible. And I do want to talk about some of your social media strategy, but when did you feel like you actually broke through? Yeah, that's a really good question. For me, the way I would define that is it's able to kind of sustain itself, meaning I'm making some money from it. I have a certain amount of notoriety and not that you can ever set it and forget it on any part of your business, but it's to a place where it's not losing money. It's making money. It's making decent money. I have systems and strategies in place so I don't have to be in it every day. Mm. And that's when we started expanding. So we first started in just serving health clubs and fitness instructors. And then once I felt like, okay, we've got a system in place, we've got trainers in other states, we have programs in hundreds of thousands of instructors now, or 60,000 instructors at the time, we're teaching this particular program before we branched off and decided, okay, now let's dabble in fitness apparel, which was you know, kind of an offshoot of a branch. But we didn't feel like we had the ability to do that until we were known for producing really great fitness content to the fitness community, not consumers. 
we have some clients and brand builders and we have, you know, lots of people that are probably watching who are kind of in that fitness space and they're like, you know, maybe they have a few thousand followers on Instagram or something and they're going, how do I turn this into money? Yeah. Cause it's a long way from going, okay, I have some people following me and I'm like sharing fitness tips to I'm doing infomercials. I'm launching programs. I have an apparel line. I've got 60,000 trainers. Yeah. Can you just like high level overview what that bit looked like? I can, but with a big asterisk next to it, because I think it's really important for people to realize when you're looking at success, right? Success leaves tracks, but if those tracks are 20 years old, they're not going to do you any good. What we did, let's see, we started that company in 1990, I think officially 1998, you know, and what we did back then, I mean, it's almost 20 years ago. It's completely different from what I would tell people to do today, but yet I still see people studying the success of someone from 10, even 15 years ago, and it's outdated. It's just, it's not going to serve you. Today, like even starting a podcast, like today I always tell people, you know, if you're looking at so-and-so and they've got all this notoriety because they're a podcaster, well, they started their podcast eight years ago. You know, so you've got to look at like, what do I need to do today? And if I were a fitness person today, oh, I'd be so excited because it's so much easier. You don't have to have an infomercial. You can create your own. You don't have to, as we did at the time, social media wasn't even a thing. MySpace, I don't even know what year MySpace came out, but many years after we started our business. So it was traveling. It was going to locations. It was finding the right kind of people and then placing them in different states and hiring people based on their reputation, not their bodies, not their knowledge of fitness, but their reputation. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's still pretty true. Like who you surround yourself with is a representation of your brand. It's a reflection of your brand. So that's what we did back in the day. But today I would say for anyone who's watching, who's in fitness, the things that remain true are to be consistent, to be 1000% you the worst thing you can do is look at what everyone else in your industry is doing because it will confuse you and it will water down your unique message. Look outside of your industry and that's how you can become a disruptor. That's how you can do things that feel unique. Not to mention the fact that it's always depressing, I think, and discouraging to always be like watching your competition. Then you're always going to be doing a comparison. But if you're looking at somebody who is someone that you like, but they're not in your industry, there's no envy. You know, there's just admiration. I love that. So let's talk about the social media for a second. I mean, I'm just amazed, like your engagement and your realness, I assume they go hand in hand. But the two things systematically I'm wondering about, number one is your budget and two is your schedule because you produce so much content. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can pick which order you talk about them in, but it's like, how much money do you allocate towards creating content, promoting content, and then the schedule piece of it of just like, how do you go, okay, I mean, you have over a million on Facebook. I think you have over half a million on Instagram. You got six figures on Twitter. And like, how do you keep up with all of this? I know you have a team, but at the strategy level, what's your, yeah. what do you do? Well, so the most important piece probably is to understand that we have a lot of social media that doesn't have my name attached to it that we manage. So on Instagram, we currently manage about 2 million in terms of like my account and then other accounts that we own that relate to something that we promote, but they may not be reflection of me. And this is something anyone can do and you can start without a budget. 
right? So let's assume that most people watching don't have a social media budget, but what they do have is a budget of time. And yeah. one of the quickest ways to build an account today, again, you know, if you look at what I did when I started on Instagram, that will not serve you because everything's different. And what we're looking for on Instagram and how much time we have, everything's different. The quickest and fastest way to grow an account today is to create an account that is themed or what I like to call a feature account. So an example of this would be home workouts underscore the number four, the letter U, home workouts underscore for you. That's an account that we own. I think it's like 400,000 followers. And all that we do there is repost other people's content. So if somebody posts up a carousel video showing like five different exercise ideas that you could do at home, we repost it. So anyone who's looking for, you know, creative ways to get fit at home will follow that account. No, it has anything to do with me per se. It's just content that serves them. It's the kind of stuff that they're looking for. So now why would we do that? Well, number one, people are less likely today to follow an individual personal brand on Instagram because we don't have time. I'm, not even, I'm following my sister and I haven't even seen her posts in like two weeks. You know, there's so many people that we really know and we really like, but we don't even see their stuff because frankly, I hate to say this, but it's just not that interesting. It's interesting, but it doesn't serve us. And we're looking for things on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest that serve us. Either they entertain us, motivate us, educate us, inspire us. And if it's not one of those things, we don't look at it. And the algorithm is determined by your activity on the app. So if you look at your explore page, you're going to see, it's going to be very obvious what your interests are, you know, sometimes embarrassingly obvious what your interests are. So we grow and we spend a lot more time growing those other accounts than we do my personal account. Let me give you an example. So Rory, if I were a, let's say a therapist, I'm someone who does, you know, normal talk therapy. It's going to be next to impossible for you to grow a personal brand on Instagram next to impossible because how does that serve anyone? right? Like it's a person. We just don't do that as much anymore. It happens, but not as much. However, if you know, okay, someone who's looking for an online therapist, they're dealing with things. And maybe you specialize with people who deal with post-traumatic stress or anxiety and depression. Well, then I would start an account that's got really relatable, either funny videos or memes or like really moving posts, the kind of posts that go viral. And I would repost those so that this whole page would be devoted to either uplifting or, you know, the types of posts that are very enlightening, the types of posts that someone who's dealing with anxiety and depression or post-traumatic stress, they're going to see these posts and go like, that's what I needed today. And I would grow one of those accounts. Now, your next question might be, well, then how does that therefore then build your own brand? Well, what it allows you to do is you control, you own that media outlet. You own it, which means you can do stories. And it's in the stories where we go deep. It's in the stories where we want to know like, okay, well, who's behind this? You know, at the moment, and this will all change a year from now, but at the moment, your profile or your page where you're posting, let's say again on Instagram, you know, it's a little bit curated. It looks nice. There's some thought process to it. Some people, it's really curated. But when you want to know who someone really freaking is, you watch their stories. So when someone's like curious, like who's behind this page, that's when they'll watch their stories. That's when they'll look at your story highlights. And that's where you have the opportunity to promote an opt-in, 
to build your email list, to promote a webinar, to promote a free resource, to promote your business, whatever it is. So for everyone watching, continue building your own personal account as I do. Continue building your own personal account, but start another Instagram account of which you can almost outsource all of it and think about, okay, the person who I'm trying to reach what are they looking for? Like what's serving them today on Instagram and repost that type of content and it'll grow so fast. We had two accounts in the last six months that we took from zero to 10,000 with wow. this exact strategy. Wow. So talk to me about the outsourcing part because that's kind of the overwhelming part, right? It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't even have time yeah. to keep up with Instagram and just the schedule in general. Like how frequently should you go live? How frequently should you do a story? How frequently should you post on your feed? And like, you yes. know, four different accounts. Like, Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to be useful to your audience because most people don't have four or five different accounts. So even our calendar and our schedule is like, like it would overwhelm you. But please know this, it didn't happen overnight. It started with one part-time temporary person when we didn't have the money to hire anyone, but we couldn't afford not to have help. Mm -hmm. You know, people always say, I can't outsource because I can't afford to. And I always say, you can't afford to because you haven't had faith in others. Like when you have faith in others, you have to believe that when you invest and empower other people, that's what allows you to grow. Right now that the ceiling is directly above your head. And I get it because I was there for, I don't know how many years. I just refused. I felt like it was lazy of me. If I could do it myself, why would I outsource someone to do that? I felt like it would take more time for me to explain it to somebody else. We're not making any money. How could I hire someone to help us when we're not making any money? That does, we will when we're making money. But at a certain point, I just realized, I've got so much stress and we ain't gonna make money until I hire someone and have the faith. I have to have the faith in God and the faith in someone else that this is what we need. And that's why I say part-time, temporary. So I think the place that you start is by giving yourself permission to give this a temporary try. Look for someone just part-time, just to help you with social media and create a long list of all the things they can do and understand that even if you hire like the best person on the planet, they're going to be able to do half of it. Because mm -hmm. of the tens of thousands of entrepreneurs that I've worked with, the ones who come back year after year to our live event, the Marketing Impact Academy, and still have a brilliant idea, still have everything they need, but they're still broke, are the people who can't accept that mindset. And the ones that come back are like, we made our first million this year. It is crazy. And I'm actually living a life. And those are the people who, while they were broke, made their first hire. Mm. So it's mindset when it comes to outsourcing. So I could go into detail about our calendar, but I think that would overwhelm people. And I also don't think that's the right step. I'm a big believer in not giving people steps that aren't useful to them in this season. And I think most people watching the season that you're in is either making your first hire, your outsourcing, or doing additional outsourcing, going to the next level. Like now maybe you need a strategist or someone who's really good at web development or marketing or copywriting. Like who is your next hire? If you've already wrapped your head around that mindset, who is it you need next to take you to the next level without it diminishing your life? Like I'm all about like, it's not about money for me. It's about life. I don't want to work hard. I want to do what I love and live more. And that means I've got to empower people. Yeah, that is so true. I think our lives changed the day AJ said this out loud one time. I don't remember when it was, but she was like, I don't need more money. I just need more time. 
And like when we just embraced where it's like, we just want less stress. We want less complexity. We want to still impact people and do all these dreams. And it's like, you always have to have that faith first. And then the reward for taking that risk is that you grow like just enough and a little bit more to cover that person. And then you take another risk and you grow just enough and a little bit more. And then one day you look around and go like, I actually have a team and we have a real business here that operates and makes real money. So for those people who are looking for a specific strategy for Instagram, like how often to post, how often to go to stories, how often to do IGTV, how often to go live, because it's a beast in a good way, but it can be really, really, really overwhelming for people. But the potential there is amazing. So I've got a team right? Like I can't say that I do all this. I've got an amazing team. And every quarter they release all of the research that we do about Instagram because it changes that often. Mm -hmm. And we release a free report. It's called IG hacks, or it's our free report that we do once a quarter. You can go to shaleen.com forward slash IG hacks. And it's a free download. It's awesome. Yeah. I was going through it about like how much the carousels matter and things like that. And I was like, gosh, I had no, like carousels weren't even on my freaking radar. And I think there was something in there that was like, the only comments that count have to have at least three characters or more. Like there was all this stuff in there that I saw that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. So we'll put a link. Little simple things, little simple things like how often to post, what just by putting one little sentence in your caption turns the engagement boost it by 70 to 80 percent even how to use igtv that's a relatively it's not a new feature but the latest release from instagram where they allow a snapshot of that to show on your profile like that's a game changer and how to do that like how to tweak the caption instead of titling the video using that to ask a question so you get engagement like little things like that make a huge difference yeah, that is awesome. So shaleenjohnson.com slash IG hacks, right? That's where we go for yep. the report. Okay. Yep. Is that where people should go to connect with you or is there anywhere else additionally? Go to Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, go to Instagram. Follow me on Instagram because I'm obviously not going to have a real life conversation from my website. But if you send me a DM on Instagram, there's a pretty good chance I'll see it. So I outsource all of my other account. So, you know, we've got a bunch of different, as I call them, themed accounts on Instagram, and they're all handled by a team of amazing social media experts here at Team Johnson. But my personal account, I handle, and it's really important to me because that's how I connect with the girl I'm serving, the guy I'm serving. Like I get their feedback. I understand their language. If you look at those conversations, that's when people will tell you what program they want next for you. They will tell you about your reputation. They will tell you about your brand. They will tell you what people think about you. And I can't think of anything that's more priceless. You don't have to pay for a focus group. You know, 15, 20 years ago, we would have had to pay for a focus group and send out surveys. Now just ask, do a survey on Instagram. You'll have your information five minutes later. Mm-hmm. I love that. So here's the last thing I want for you to talk about because I think it's easy for someone to look at you and be like, oh, I have this great family and all these followers and look at this. But there was a real life time where you and Brett almost didn't make it as entrepreneurs. And you guys have been through some tough times and you've been through some back, yeah. up, a back up against the wall times. You know, whenever I do this, I'm always thinking about the person that is listening to this because this is free. And maybe that's like, this is their last, this is the last thing they're listening to before they just like, you know, throw the towel in and wind it down. And, you know, if somebody is in that place right now where they're feeling that discouragement or despair or feeling like, I don't know that I have what it takes. 
Can you just talk a little bit quickly about how have you been through some of that and what did you learn? Kind of what would you say to that person? Hmm, that's a really good question because I always fear that somebody does need to throw in the towel on an idea that isn't working and it's really clear to everyone else and they just don't want to be a quitter. You know what I mean? Like I worry about that person a little bit. So I'm not of the mindset that you never quit, but make an informed decision. If you know you have what it takes or your idea has what it takes and it's just a matter of time or the right people or the right knowledge or the right resources, well then don't give up, but seek wise counsel. The two things that have helped our business the most are investing in coaching, people who will tell it to you like it is. I'm paying you to help me be better, better in business, better in therapy, better as a person, better as a parent. When I'm paying somebody, they have a vested interest to help me do better. I know I'm going to get really good advice and probably honest advice that your friends and family members may not be qualified to give you. I would say coaching. And then number two, so I guess these both relate to people and that is hiring, you know, and again, one temporary part-time person at a time. And sometimes that first person doesn't work out, keep going, you know, pick the thing that's taking up the most time that really doesn't need you. Because I know you think everything has to be you. Rory, when Brett and I were at our very lowest, we were $460,000 in debt. Oh my uh, gosh. I know. Tell me about it. And that's how I discovered it. Like I literally stuck my head in the sand when it came to our finances. Uh, we were really disconnected. You handle all that. I'll handle all this. I'll make the money. You manage the money. And then I knew that we were struggling but then when I wasn't getting the answers I needed, I started doing some investigating and, you know, knocked the wind out of my sails to find out my husband had a really serious gambling addiction mm. and needed treatment. And we were looking at bankruptcy. You know, I went and met with a couple of experts. They're like, you know, you need to file for bankruptcy. And then we have to figure out how to take out some personal loans to pay back some of these characters. And we just decided together, I mean, I'm really giving you like the shortcut version, but it was ugly and nasty. And there were times where I'm like, okay, well, if he doesn't do this, I'm gone. Like, you know, literally even with two small children, when I say integrity, this is what I mean by that. I don't worry about anything because I know what I'll do. I don't know what's going to happen, but no matter what does happen, I know who I am. And therefore I know what I will do. I don't have to worry about what everyone else is going to do or how they're going to react because no matter what happens, I know who I am. And in that moment, I had to remember that it could go a lot of different ways. And I just had to go like, okay, if it goes this way, I go here. If this happens, I'll do this. And they're all consistent with who I am and who we are as a couple. Long story short, it ended up being the greatest blessing to our marriage because then my husband got into therapy. I got into therapy. I finally knew who my husband was. You know, we could have thrown in the towel then. We could have both gone back to our full-time jobs, but I was positive we could make it work if we could get on the same page. So I would say if you really know in your heart of hearts that you can make this work, if you just have the right people, resources, or skills, then go get those things. But don't be afraid to invest in wise counsel because you know I've had great ideas. I've had businesses that were kind of making it and have hired coaches who are like, this has to go. I know you love this, Shaleen, but it has to go. And then when they lay it out, like here's how much stress it's causing you. Here's how much money it's not making you. Here's the potential even for word work. And then when you look at it in black and white, you're like, you're right. 
it has to go. And sometimes the people closest to you either don't want to be honest, don't want to dim your light, don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, if you're able to separate yourself, like it's not a reflection on you. It doesn't mean you're not a good person. It doesn't mean you don't work. It means this idea isn't consistent with the life that you want. I love that. I think that's so powerful to be able to separate your ideas from your identity and to just, you know, manage ideas on their own merit. And meanwhile, know that your identity is rooted in integrity. And if you really know that, I mean, that speaks to me. It's just like, go get the people, like go get the teams, you know, do the ads, do the videos, like hire the copywriters, like get the coaches. It's all faith. So well, thank you for sharing that story. I know that's an intimate story of, of um, a time long ago that was a very, very real challenge, though. And um, thank you for your inspiration and for making time here, Shalene. I know it's really, really hard to catch you these days, and we appreciate you so, so much. No, no I'm excited. It was great to be here. You are awesome. And uh, AJ and I you know, appreciate you and Brett and your encouragement and support of us so much. And we just we wish you we wish you the best. Well, Rory, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for serving so many people in my community. Um, I just, I hear such amazing things about you and your team and how much you guys really care and the, the personal touch. And, you know, we're in an age where most people, myself included, um, the way that we work with people is through online courses. You know, people kind of go through that themselves, but you guys have something really special. It's really unique what you guys do. And, and I think it's part of why your reputation um, precedes you. Like you are the guy when it comes to personal branding and we sure do appreciate what you guys do over there. Thank you so much. That's all we've got for this edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Hey, one thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in either iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us on social media and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. Thank you.